0: So, Maddie, I was thinking for our opening this episode, since we're talking all about cereal killers, maybe we would enlighten our listeners on what are some of our favorite cereals. I don't know about you, but I've really rediscovered cereal in quarantine. Oh, I I love cereal. I eat cereal pretty much every
1: day. I'd say my favorite cereals, like in order, would be Quaker O's, which are fantastic. They're very hard to find. Peanut Butter Crunch, I love. Fruity Pebbles are delicious. I also just like good old Raisin Bran.
0: Yeah, those are all good choices. Raisin Bran is definitely one of mine. A good weedy every once in a while. Uh, but I also like some of the sugary ones too, like um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Golden Grams. So Andrew, would it be fair to say you've been eating a lot more cereal lately? Oh yeah, it's become a staple in our household, been going through it like crazy.
1: So you might say you become sort of a cereal killer.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, kind of.
1: <laughs> mm, it's episode 36. Serial Killers Are Terrifying, Volume 1. Candyman.
0: Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres
1: here and we're going to get them out. I <laughs> oh. The box. Oh. You
0: opened it and We carry it. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China.
1: Hi, I'm Chucky. wanna play? I just want them to suffer. Look what you did to him.
0: I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later.
1: I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water. They turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? They turned the friggin' frogs game. <laughs> 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 gay. No crap. Frogs, friggin' frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Gay frogs. They're coming, they're coming. Is this Clarice? Oh, hello, Clarice. From Hannibal Lecter. Dexter. I want to know a secret. Daddy kills people. Our strange fascination with serial killers
0: can be traced in part to the mystery behind the horror. We question how it's possible that someone, anyone, could be capable of killing again and again, seemingly without remorse. In reality we know that uh, there's some common denominators that most of them have.
1: Welcome to another edition of of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, your favorite podcast in the world, is back for episode number 36, Serial Killers Are Terrifying, Volume 1. I'm Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we are here with the podcast that talks all about horror, horror in real life, and horror in the movies from an LGBT perspective. And God damn it, we're gonna do it right now. <laughs> Doing it. Serial Killers truly are terrifying. Duh. And duh, duh, bro. Um, they are and um, we'll talk more about a book that I read um, in the past uh, couple of weeks that literally did give me terrifying nightmares and kept me up. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. We've also got two really great films picked out um, that, you know that I'm actually really pleased because sometimes we've got two films where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking just eat these both yeah. alive.
0: <laughs> And these ones I'm like, oh good. No, yeah, I've got some good stuff to say with you. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. And you know, we we preface this in kind of adding the volume one, but um I think yeah. that this topic is so vast and so um over covered a lot of times. Yeah. That we wanted to just kind of pick a couple that were interesting to us. Yeah. Um and then maybe revisit the topic at a later a later date. Yeah, I think that's so.
1: I think that's a smart idea.
0: Um yeah, where do you want to start? Where should so, we go? I think we should start with some general factoids around what is a serial killer, what makes a serial killer what blah, kind blah, of blah. cereal they eat. Yeah. <laughs> what what's their breakfast regiment? Yeah, tell us about um, that. So um, there's kind of two standard definitions. One is from the FBI, which says a serial killer is someone who commits at least three murders over more than a month with an emotional cooling off period in between. I gotta cool off, man. Just <laughs> give me a minute here before I kill again. I was reading a lot about um like <laughs> this one and how a psych psychology kind of has debunked this definition just because like if you think about like a gang and if they killed you know over a month and are they all serial killers yeah it's it's kind of a wacky definition but this is just the fbi um the standard dictionary definition is a person who commits a series of murders often with no apparent motive and typically follows a characteristic predictable behavior pattern i mean that sounds a little more like accurate sensible because it's not—I I
1: like how they say here, listen to us. I really enjoy it. <laughs> but, but I do like the second one better because it says a series of murders. It doesn't define, like, well, they didn't commit three murders. Right, exactly. Or, like, I mean, also, we, if you catch a serial killer, to it's, it's catch a predator, like, do you think that you're, like, they're ever going to tell you the total truth? Oh, you I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, come on.
0: Yeah, okay. So we found that there are kind of um, four categories that most serial killers fall into. Um, so there's the thrill seekers. So they are the ones that are excited about doing the murders. They're like the chaotic evil. Yeah, and they're and they're the ones that get excited about like the notoriety. Get excited about evading the police, like that kind of a thing. Okay. Okay. Um, the mission oriented serial killers. These are people that are doing society. I put this in quotes. A favor. These,
1: <laughs> so, these are the Dexter types. Yeah, these
0: are taking out like the prostitutes and the homosexuals remember, and those. Remember kind. Dexter? I do. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> uh, and then there are oh gosh, then there are the visionary serial killers. These are the ones that when we talked about religion, made me do it back in uh, oh sure sure whatever sure, sure, episode sure. that was. Okay, um, these are kind of um, acts that are compelled by higher entities like God or the devil. So they're following some sort of following cult. So you know they're doing it for a reason, for a religious reason. And then there's the power and control serial killers. Um, These killers tend to be very organized and usually have a history of childhood abuse, um, which leaves them feeling powerless and inadequate. So they often sexually abuse their victims um, and they're motivated by feelings of lust.
1: It also says, I see from your definition, they enjoy their victims' terror, suffering, and screaming. That's awful. I have a, f- a former boss that might be a <laughs> power that and control that category. serial killer that could actually be, a, maybe even an ex when I think about it.
0: So yeah, we're, we are going to talk about kind of two different serial killers today. Um, we're trying to take this uh, as seriously as we can. We know that these are oh, real, yeah. real victims and real families. So um, let's get into it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. That made me think of Kesha.
1: Oh, really? remember that one song? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? G L. Is that not Kesha? No, that's Fergie. Oh, it's Fergie. It made me think of Fergie. Oh gosh, I was thinking. Remember, remember when you said we're going to take this as seriously as we can, and I start thinking, oh, okay, Fergie. Fergie. Yes. Fergalicious. Sorry, Definition. folks. We're here. No, we are here though for this. Honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. So the first one that I am going to talk about, <clears throat> and get ready because this is kind of a longer story, but is Colin Ireland? Um, have you ever heard of Colin Ireland? I have
1: never heard. Although I, I I saw it when you put it in the notes, Colin Ireland, and I was like, God, what a name!
0: I know, right? right? Jeez. And he lives in Britain, so <laughs> of, of
1: course yeah. he does.
0: Um. So, um. This guy is he. He ended up killing five people in all through the dates of March to june of 1993 so all in one year so really quickly in in one season Mm -hmm. Um, he was born in 1954 um and like i said he lived in london england um and here we go um ireland was a former soldier who had picked up convictions for burglary and robbery in his 20s and decided to become a serial killer as a new year's resolution you know i um
1: that's not the typical resolution that we strive that for we, that 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 i would consider you know lose a little weight uh-huh. or or like be a better person <laughs> not kill other people
0: so he started doing read this is actually a guy who was premeditated in what he wanted to do so he read a bunch of books from famous like fbi people uh he really did his reading and learned how to effectively get away with murder um but he also had another Uh, agenda, and that was he was going to target gay men. So he started in um, 1993 at the age of 39. He started frequenting a gay bar called the Colhern? The Colhern. Yeah. I don't know if that's still there or not. I, I... The the times that I've been to London, I have.
1: I was just racking my brain for that. I have not seen it before, so it might be gone by okay. now. Okay, and, and that, that is quite a while ago too.
0: And I should. It should be said that, that we don't know if this was um, murders that were sexually motivated. So we don't know if this was kind of like a him fulfilling a sexual need and also being ashamed, maybe. Yeah. Or if he really just wanted to target and kill well, a gay d- man. Did he rape his victims? No, but in some cases they did have sex. Oh. So. There's that. Um, so murder number one was Peter Walker. um Peter Walker was approached in I- by Ireland in the in the pub, um and after he was willingly bound and gagged by Ireland, this is another thing that he um, strived to find in the gay community was the sadomas. I have such people. People who like to be bound. Yeah, so that it would be easier to kill them. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then also, that- which I'll
1: tell you, what girl that is number. Listen, I have had my share of casual
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you know <laughs> and I, I have been asked a couple of times if people could like tie me up or something uh-huh. and I'm like 100% no you cannot yeah like, I'm, I'm, not I'm absolutely never even if I was married to you like I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I know sorry I, go ahead yeah no I'm in the same boat as you It's not. it's not Ooh. something I'm comfortable with I, no people if people like it you know whatever you got to do I'm saying like for my brain I'm like holy shit I'm gonna die I'm gonna die I'm gonna
0: die yeah um, he was subjected to a beating, um, which Ireland administered with his fists, um, and a dog lead. So, like um, a leash, like a leash. A leash. Um, Ireland killed him by suffocating him with a plastic bag. Um, in order to avoid detection, Ireland thoroughly cleaned Walker's flat and dispensed of disposed of any items that could leave. The um uh, while searching through his personal items Ireland discovered the victim was HIV positive He must have
1: found his AZT or something something
0: yeah. um, Enraged Ireland stuffed a condom into his mouth Well, and that actually is a really interesting thing
1: to think about because it's 93 right that, that is right in the thicket of the crisis um, And I mean at that point I think in 95 was maybe the highest deaths from from AIDS So it's it's interesting that he was targeting gay men like knowing that that was also part of the risk right Right. that's interesting
0: yeah um so to avoid attention he actually didn't leave he actually stayed the night and left the following morning and commuted with every you know all the rush hour commuters jesus um and then later he rang um samaritans and also a tabloid i read um that to alert them that he had put um basically that walker was dead and he had put his dogs he was concerned about the dogs so he wanted to make sure the body got found So he was found two days later. Wow. So um, two months later, um, the murder of Christopher Dunn. Um, This is the same type of thing. Christopher Dunn was a librarian. Again, he took the murder, um, took place in the victim's flat. Um, Dunn was wearing a body harness and been, been willingly handcuffed and had his feet tied together ireland then beat tortured and suffocated as victim um prior to killing dunn um, ireland demanded the personal identification number for his bank card and used the card to extract money from dunn's account in order to reimburse himself for expenses incurred holy shit uh having meticulously studied serial killing he knew that the he had to throw away the gloves um, and shoes we've been wearing each time. As an unemployed man with on benefits, Ireland needed to get the money from elsewhere.
1: That's what's the, um, another thing that's so terrifying about serial killers is that they are so meticulous. I know in their details and their planning, and you know when it all bears out in the evidence and everything. In certain serial killers, yeah, right, fair enough.
0: But like the the
1: notion that he was thinking, "I did this. I have to be reimbursed for
0: it." I know, right? like like this is a job. That's. It's, it's insane. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. insane. Um, so the next murder that happened, only six days later, keep in mind, the police haven't put this together yet, that this is a, like a yeah, string sure. of murders. They well, just think that these are like one-offs or an accident. Well, and also, it's a bunch of gay guys. And they're, you know, found bound and tethered. Are, and... are these, all, do, you, do you happen to know, are they white gay guys or? I believe so. Okay. Um, just wondering. I'm judging by the names yeah, that they're all probably... Sure white guys yeah <laughs> um the fir- the third murder like i said six days later was perry bradley the third and he was actually in the closet because his um he- because he was the son of a serving u.s congress oh wow so he was american mm-hmm. yeah. uh they went back to bradley's flat in kensington and um ireland this guy oh especially he- if he's in kensington what like, does that mean that's Like super posh part of what? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, he persuaded him to get tied up because Bradley, this is like would be us. Like we're not really into it, but he persuaded him to get into it. Um, once again, um, victim was helpless. Ireland against, you know, again used torture methods to get his bank card number. He delayed the killing of Bradley had until actually falls fallen asleep. Still trust up and then strangled him with a noose. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Like you are you're you're tied up and you fall as- i guess that after all that torture i mean eventually you just succumb to falling asleep that's just it's terrifying um again ireland cleaned and removed anything in the flat that would incriminate him before leaving the next morning by this time by the time bradley's body was discovered the police had st- had still to connect the three killings there were time gaps between them They were committed in three different areas and enough distance between them to cast doubt, and police suspected that the victims died during sex games that have gone wrong. So just think about that. That's what the police are going to, is that they just think these are deviant homosexuals that just got what they deserved because they were weird sex hobbies. Well, and, I mean, and especially
1: in 93, like, you know, w- you know, once again, there was just so much disinformation, so much fear of HIV, mm-hmm. and there was, you know, such a prevailing sentiment. Against gay people, especially from Thatcher and Reagan and all that other bullshit, you know I mean Thatcher was gone by then at least I think she was I can't quite remember 93. I'm not sure Um, but like it was such a bad time for gay people in general. Yeah um, And all LGBT people and then you know to have something like this happen It's kind of like Dahmer to be honest. Yeah yeah. in Milwaukee and Chicago all his victims were gay guys or really young boys
0: um, who didn't know what they were probably and so a lot of them just got written off. Wow. You know? Well, that leads us to the fourth murder, which happened only three days later. So this guy, um, he, actually, Ireland, the, the killer, was angered that he had not received any publicity around this.
1: <laughs> Another thing for serial killers. Mm-hmm.
0: So he killed again three days later. Um, he met um, and courted the 33-year-old Andrew Collier, um, a housing warden. And the pair went to Collier's house, uh, home in Dalton. Um, Once he had tied up the victim, uh, you know, it's the same thing. He strangled him with a noose. Um, Ireland left the following morning with 70 pesos. No, not pesos. What is London? Pesos. Pounds. (laughs) Pounds.
1: pounds, Pesos. Oh, my Um, Wait until Michael (laughs) here, Michael has not heard him say this yet, Michael's going to
0: die today, but not not really die. Not really. 70 pounds in cash, um, having also killed Collier's cat in an angry reaction to finding out that his victim was HIV positive. So this seems to be another trigger for him, is that if he finds out that they're HIV positive in some way, shape, or form, that gets him into a a rage. Yeah. and ireland finally left a clue for the police he put a condom in collier's mouth just as he had done to walker creating a visible link now do you have? a am sorry i'm asking you all these details but were the were the were the condoms
1: used or were they just like that i'm not sure of Because I was just wondering, like, was his semen in the condom, like that kind of thing? No, I think
0: what he was trying to do was create a link to another murder because the first murder— get the publicity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So his final victim was Emmanuel Spiteri. That's how I'm going to pronounce that name. Sounds about right. (laughs) Um— uh, let's see here. So he knew that he had to have at least five victims to become a serial killer. So this was always his goal. Oh my God. Um, Age forty one. He was a chef. Um, Sp- Spiteri was. Um, he had met him. Same type of thing. Once more, demanded the bank card. M- tied him up. All that. All, it's it's really sad. But you know, this is kind of his his motive, um, and his his way of doing. it. Of course. It. Um, after carrying out the post-murder ritual and cleaning and clearing of the scene, Ireland set fire to the flat and left. So this is like, hey, he called the police. He's like, um, you know, that flat that's on fire, there's a body in there. Oh so just, just to let you know, because he's trying so hard to become famous, essentially, or infamous, however you want to put it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, he basically said that he, took, he, he would probably not do it again. Um, however, he had forgotten. Well, I guess I probably won't do this again. <laughs> I, I fulfilled my new year's resolution. Back at it It was a lot of work. However, he had forgotten to wipe off one set of fingerprints he had left on the window. Oh my God. Um, so this is kind of the wrap up with the, from the police side of things. Um, at last the police connected all the five killings and word spread fast among the whole, whole of London, not just within the gay community that a serial killer had specifically targeted, targeted gay men was operating could strike again at any time. Um, investigations revealed that Spateri had left the pub and traveled home with his killer by train and a security video successfully captured the two of them on the platform at the Charing cross, Charing cross. Charing cross?
1: And I, I want you
0: to remember that station okay.
1: for later on in this
0: episode, oh, it really? will be very
1: important. Oh, Keep interesting.
0: Going. Um, Ireland recognized himself and decided to tell the police he was the man with Spateri, but not the killer. He claimed to have left Spateri in the flat with another man. However, police had always fought, had also Smart found ruse. fingerprints. I Smart know, right? ruse. Um, which matched those of Ireland. Um, finally, he was charged with the murders of both Collier and spateri and confessed to the other three while awaiting trial in prison. Uh, he told police that he had no vendetta against gay men, but picked them because they were the easiest targets. He wow. had robbed, <laughs> I know right. Uh, he had robbed. Um... You know, he's
1: not wrong.
0: I just gotta say it, he's not wrong. Facing he, the facts here, I know it's it's an unfortunate side effect of our culture. It's the truth. Um, he had robbed those he killed to finance his killings. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. That's, that's just so ridiculous that well, he thinks I mean, that but, he deserves but, payment for this. I mean, this.
1: honestly, that, that's kind of the thing is that this is so far outside of like the normal realm of rational thought mm-hmm. for us that,
0: like, it's not that it's funny, it's that you're like, What the fuck? I know. It's, ner- it's more like nervous laughter, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, when the case came to the Old Bailey on December 20th, 1993, Ireland pleaded guilty to all charges and was given life sentences for each. Um, the judge said he was exceptionally frightening and dangerous, adding, to take one human life is an outrage, to take five is carnage. Um, Ireland's name was, but uh, was on the last published list of whole life tariff prisoners, meaning that he will have to stay in prison for the rest of his natural life. Um, and then at the aftermath of this, due to the fact that Ireland had studied serial killers, it was suggested that the ex, um, FBI agent, Robert Ressler's book, whoever fights monsters, which was published in 1992, should be removed. Oh, cause that's from what the he shelves. used. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So that's interesting. I just found that kind of interesting because like we're going to talk about with yours, a lot of these people, People have been written up in oh, books and yeah. um, TV series, and everything. Has um, been also ru- rumored that Ireland strangled a convicted child killer in his cell while in prison. Um, he died of pulmonary fibrosis in 2012. Thank the Lord, good riddance. That's <laughs> <sighs> a lot. That's a lot. I just, um, I, I thought this one was interesting because, I mean, as someone who has. A slight interest in these kinds of cases i had not heard this one covered before
1: I've, I've never even heard of him before
0: and there's been no books written about him there's been no movies written about him because good you didn't achieve your notoriety that you tried to get so I mean, yeah, yeah. Fuck
1: off. <laughs> I, I don't i don't think you're wrong i but I, it is interesting that how people are trying to get the book taken off the shelves which i mean i would completely disagree with i mean like we we don't know a lot about serial killers because We're still we, because we yeah. don't know a lot about the brain, mm-hmm. you know, so um, It's sort of like, you know, we watch we watch Mindhunter We had happy Anderson on from the show who played ah, I forgot the name of the killer. but he, he was the shoe killer yeah. um, Hi happy. Love you, um, but you know like that that show does a great job of kind of showing how We don't know about serial killers that much, and we've only really been studying it since, like, what, the 70s, basically? Yeah, 60s, late 60s. Yeah, Yeah. and so, like, you know, all the things that happened before, we don't know very much about, and even now, we're still just kind of learning. And even, like, you know, it's it's interesting the way that we read the definitions, you know, when we started, Mm -hmm. like... There are two different definitions. Do you have to commit this many murders? Do you have to be like Colin Ireland and oh, I have to do five murders or I'm not a serial killer? Right. Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Do I have to be a man? Do I have to be white? Do I have to be a woman? Like, there's what are the rules? There's there's a lot to it that we just we haven't figured out, which I don't think is a surprise. Well, and there's no standard for this. There's not. there's There's no standard. So right. Yeah. Um. I I've got a couple things to talk about. Sure. I want to do the first one um, and just talking about, because it's really quick. And it is actually talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. And Dahmer is one that's it's always interesting for Chicago folks because we're very close to Milwaukee. Um, Dahmer did meet a couple of his victims in Chicago. He met one of them at the L&L Tavern, right. um, which is right over in um, in East Lakeview. We're not saying Boys Town anymore. Um, <laughs> right over in East Lakeview. And um, took our good friend Jamie Grayson there and it was closed, unfortunately. It's actually a great bar. If you're ever in Chicago, you should stop by because guess
0: who else picked up a victim there?
1: John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. That's the truth. If very, bars very strange. ever,
0: If we ever go into a bar ever
1: again. <laughs> yeah. Right. If, if, yeah. Good point. It's never going to happen. Um, but anyways, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, one of his victims was, hold on, how old was he? Give me one second. I forgot how old. One moment. Oh, 14 years old. Conoraxinthosmphone. Uh, I'm usually pretty good on... Whoa. Usually pretty good on... <laughs> so glad I didn't have to read Yeah, you know? I'm usually pretty good on pronunciation, so I think I got that right. Um, he was a Laotian boy. I mean, I do say boy because he was 14 yeah. years old. Oh, yeah. And he is one of Dahmer's victims almost got away. Oh no. And he ran out of Dahmer's house and this would have been in oh I forgot what year but I think 92 perhaps, can't quite remember. Um anyways, he ran out of Dahmer's house. Dahmer had stripped him naked. He was drugged on twilight. Um Dahmer had already drilled a hole into his head oh, my God. and had begun filling his his you know skull with the the liquid that he used to turn them into zombies. Mm-hmm somehow Conorak got out of the house and ran down the street naked and he ran into these women and these women like lived in the neighborhood and they knew that something was obviously terribly wrong. The cops came and Dahmer also showed up and he told the cops, we're lovers. This, we were just having a fight. He ran out of the house. He's drunk. And the women were like, do you not see what's going on right now? Like, how could there not be blood? I, uh, I have no idea. But the cops gave Conorak synthosamphone back to Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh and then God. he finished the murder. Jeez. And if the cops had listened to the women, that wouldn't have happened. Here's why I want to talk about It's because John Balzerak, who was the commanding officer on the scene, was just honored by the Milwaukee Police Department as like one of their top like Hall of Fame police officers in retirement. That just happened this year. Jeez. And a bunch of people are talking about it all over the place, especially during all of the civil unrest that we've been having. How on earth you dare honor a cop like John Balzarac, who failed miserably at looking at something so fucking obvious. But when you really think about it, it's two what he perceives to be gay guys. One of them is little and brown. Mm-hmm. and the other one is this you know white guy who who, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was very articulate. He sounded like a Milwaukee bumpkin, but he was very articulate. Like that was what his brain pushed forward was that. Jeez. So I just wanted to mention that because that happened this year. And it makes me very angry. Um, yeah, that's that's
0: a horrible. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, pretty bad. I don't understand how that happens. I don't either. I really don't fucking get it. Huh. Now, the other one that I want to talk about is one that is probably on a lot of people's minds right now, and that's because there is uh, the new documentary series on HBO or <laughs> HBO Max, if you're, <laughs> if you're nasty, um, called "I'll Be Gone in the Dark." It is uh, a documentary series. I think it's going to be a total of eight episodes, all about the book. That Michelle McNamara wrote. Michelle McNamara was the uh, the former wife, the the deceased wife of Patton Oswald, mm-hmm. um who died really only a few few years ago. She had a uh, a blog called True Crime Diary. Mm-hmm. She just suddenly became obsessed in her life with true crime, just really got into it, and especially got into um a case called uh the east area rapist slash original night stalker the ear killer is how, is how they referred to him and the irons killer um murdered 13 people Jeez. raped over 50 people and burglarized over 120 homes how he was active between 1974 and 1986 everything took place in california um, and it is one of the craziest stories I've ever read before. Um What's interesting about the whole story is that there were, I mean, think about the numbers that I just told you. Yeah, thir- thir- uh-huh. Over well, 13 people murdered, both men and women. Um, over fifty women raped, 120 homes burglarized. He was the type of serial killer that I really don't know where to put in yeah. the, in the types that you listed before. Sure, sure. Because he he did things so deliberately, he was just an evil piece of shit. God. And what he would do, just as an example, is he would case out your home for a long time. He knew where your bedroom was. He knew like where your kid's room would be. Mm-hmm. He knew, of course, where your kitchen was. He knew how to get in the back. He knew how to get in the front. He knew everything about how to like get into your place. He would go into your place when you weren't there and hide things, like ligatures so that but when when he, a ligature? a ligature would be something to tie you up with. Oh, okay. So okay. like shoelaces gotcha. Gotcha. or things okay. like that, right? So what he would do is you know by the time that he was actually attacking you, he would make you watch as he like went under your couch and got something out and it was a ligature he was going to tie you up with. Jeez. So that you were terrorized knowing that he had already been there and he knew everything that he was going to do. You know what I mean? Jeez. Um and then usually what he would do is he would um, he would come in and burglarize things first, mm-hmm. so he would come in and like steal things or move things around so that you would just kind of think there was something wrong. Sure. Then when it came time for the attack, he would usually come in the back way. A lot of it, well, I mean, it was all in California. So a lot so this, of this,
0: this guy really enjoyed terrorizing oh, He
1: people. got off on it. Yeah. He got off on it. And there's one thing that I'll tell you about how much he got off on it. That will terrify you. Like it terrify At least I think it will. <laughs> um, if you're a, a real human, if you're a real human boy, it will. Um, he would then pry open like your sliding glass door, which of course like it's California but, like Everyone has those on yeah, their back yeah. porch and then he would come in um, He would attack single women first that was like his thing But then there was uh, a lot of like publicity where they were like, you know what he doesn't do He never comes in if there's a dog he never comes in if there's another man in the house And what did he start doing after that story got started getting pushed? <laughs> doing those houses, he would go to where there was a dog, he would go to where there was also a husband. So what he would do is he would come in, he would um, first flash a light in your face just to kind of blind you because he came in at like two in the morning, he would absolutely terrify you. And he had this really low voice and he would talk through clenched teeth like this. But all the victims like thought, well, the victims that survived. The victims thought that it was kind of put on okay. Um, like he was, that wasn't his real voice. It kind of just seemed that way.
0: So he wouldn't be identified. Exactly.
1: Right. (laughs) So then he would throw the ligatures at the woman, tell her to tie the husband or the boyfriend up or whatever. And so she would, then he would go and get plates from the kitchen after he tied up the woman. He would put the plates on top of like the man's back and he would tell him if I hear these plates fall, I'm going to kill your wife in front of you. Jesus. Like, imagine that. How terrifying that had to be. So then, of course, with the woman tied up, he would rape her, sometimes multiple times. And then he became a killer over time. It didn't start off with the killing. Gotcha. It it, it slowly sort of worked worked its way over to it. It evolved into it. Um, <laughs> evolved is a much better word than what I used. <laughs> and then after he was done, he would take things from the house. He would make his victims think that he was there to steal money, or that he was here to do this, or like be like a normal burglar. Mm-hmm. But he would only take like your cufflinks. He would only take like your wedding ring. He would only take like a family photo. Hmm. Just like little stuff that he knew would drive you crazy. Right. You know what I mean. Um, and so Michelle McNamara. When she heard about this case, she just went nuts about it. She went onto a bunch of like Reddit type threads and just really dove into it. And her book. So she's not a
0: detective in any way. Not sure a detective or. at all. No, she, okay. was, she
1: was just a writer. You know, okay. she's actually from Oak Park, right, you know, right by Chicago. Hmm. What got her into true crime was that um, when she was younger, Kathy Lombardo got murdered in Oak Park in her neighborhood. Oh wow! And it just sort of like triggered something. started this fascination for her, really. Hmm. Um, but what's great about what she did. Is that the investigative work that she did? She and and I should say, you know, other people online that are that are sort of like
0: her network, you
1: know, like yeah, like yeah. sort of like amateur sleuths. Yeah, right? sure. There there were a lot of people. It's behind like that. Uh,
0: don't fuck with cat's guy.
1: Yeah, th- yeah, Honestly, it's it's very much like yeah. that. She pretty much like solved the case. Mm-hmm. All the evidence that she put together ended up going toward the arrest of Joseph D'Angelo, who turned out to be the confessed. Golden State Killer, which is the name that she gave to the killer instead of gotcha. the Iran's killer. Joseph D'Angelo actually recently, just a couple of weeks ago, in front of a courtroom, um, confessed to everything. Wow. What's interesting about his confession, too, let's listen to a good podcast about this, is that um, uh, when they found him, when the FBI found him, he was like, he has his own boat. He was riding motorcycles. He was like working on his car, like blah, 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 blah. Like, he's fine. Gets in court. He, he is like an old
0: man. Oh, God. He
1: can't talk about anything. <laughs> it's disgusting. And the thing that will terrify you is not too long. He's be- pointing at me. Everyone. I know. Yeah, I'm pointing right now. <laughs> not too long before they caught him, He called one of his victims back. Oh god. And I mean like this is like 25 years later, right? And all he said was, remember when we played. Ugh.
0: Ugh.
1: And she knew right away. I think her name was Kathy. She knew right away the voice. She heard everything, you know what I mean? Um a legacy of murder, a legacy of death, a legacy of families Torn apart by this, yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know, back then too, like, you know, the psychology and therapy, like, for men that were born in like the forties, yeah, like, wasn't really a big thing. So a lot of marriages broke up, yeah, after they learned sure. that their, you know, wives were raped and they were there and couldn't do a thing. So just really a bunch of terror. Uh, uh, and like I said, you know, when I read this book, it gave me absolute nightmares. But then also too, what's great about it is, you know, Michelle, who is dead. You know, she she wrote this um, she wrote this epilogue at the okay. end, and I'm just you know I I th- you should all read the book and like listen. There's no spoilers because everyone knows it's all public. You knowledge. all know what's happened, yeah, yeah. but something that that you, that I want you to hear is is how her letter ends. And this is a she calls it a letter to an old man. It's a letter to you know the Golden State Killer, and she says at the end, this is how it ends for you. You'll be silent forever, and I'll be gone in the dark. You threatened a victim once. Open the door. Show us your face. Walk into the light.
0: Ooh, chilling. And so you should read the book. You should watch
1: the show on HBO. It is really, really good. Docu series, correct? It's, it's a not a reenactment. Yep. No, it's a okay. total docu series. There are some like reenactments of scenes. Sure. sure. There's no like. It's not like the way like unsolved mysteries yeah. used to be. It's not where like playing it out. It's not like Dirty John.
0: No, like, where it's like actors. It is not like, that at all.
1: Okay. And honestly, thank God you're you're, not sure. you are listening to the real victims, the real detectives. It is so fucking worth it. Huh? Good
0: serial killers so yeah those are the two stories that we chose well I guess four stories but (laughs) yeah we chose to for this episode no no Um, but I think that that will kind of do it for our horror in real life well hey I would say this though too you know this is just volume one yeah if there are other serial killers for volume two three four five that you want to hear about let us know yeah for sure but we will take a break and then we will be right back with what you've been watching bitch what you've been watching bitch and we are back with what you've been watching bitch that was very new for you (laughs) i I just i'm trying to mix it up i like it i think that was good (laughs) um so if you've never been with us before this is the portion of the show where we literally talk about what we've been watching and during quarantine it's been a lot so a whole lot (laughs) we pared down our lists and brought you a couple suggestions of maybe ones to watch or sometimes maybe avoid i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) There's there's always plenty to avoid, but so Maddie, do you want to start us off? I
1: will Um, oh, I know what I'll say for my last one. I won't do that one yet Um, You actually I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I'm gonna uh, there's one that I watched this morning. Okay, actually Um, It's the Beach House on Shudder. I haven't watched it yet. Just watched it obviously also I just want to say thank you to the general manager of Shudder Craig who took care of the issue on my Apple TV that was not working? Literally, the GM of Shutter Jeez. took care of this for me. I really appreciate that, Craig, because now I can finally watch your network again. It had been gone for two weeks. Anyways, the Beach House. I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, it's it's. I'll tell you what, it's really good. It is um about a beach house. Go figure. And there is this young couple, um, Emily and Randall. Uh, they go there. It seems like their relationship is a little bit on the rocks. It's his father's beach house. They get there. They have sexy time. They they're young. They're like college kids. Sure. Um, it's and- the, I know that the one actress is that actress from um, Light as a Feather. She's really good. Yeah, she's really really good. And then the next morning, she goes downstairs. Oh, time for coffee. Oh, wait. There's somebody else here. (laughs) It's one of his father's friends and his wife. They didn't know that they were going to be all in the same place together at the same time. And so they hang out because there's nothing else to do. And they're like, okay, well, we'll have dinner and everything else.
0: Don't give anything away. I'm not.
1: I'm not. I'm getting you to the main plot point. And then that night on the beach, something happens. And it's otherworldly, that's all I'm going to say. And it's it's a thinker. It's okay. a really great film during COVID. I will 1,000% say that. And I'm not giving anything away when I say this. It's a refreshing movie um, where she is a really smart, like intelligent, protagonist. science-focused protagonist. And her boyfriend, who's kind of he's not awful but he ain't great you know what i mean it's nice where she is the one driving what's going on i i I really appreciated that so the beach house it's on shutter i thought i thought
0: it was really good i've been i've been seeing um some of the uh picked because we get emails every once in a while of like movies that are going to be coming out in like a month or whatever for um shutter or some of the other streaming services it feels like shutter maybe has gotten like a second wind like they're actually picking up some deals that look like quality movies yeah and i'm i'm wondering if that is a product of quarantine because nobody's going to the theater uh vod is probably waning in popularity with all these streaming services so it's probably make more money to sell it to a streaming service i would think so So, yeah, I I want to watch that one. And then there's another one coming out in August that looks really good. Um, So, I'm I'm excited for some more shows. Good on you, Shudder. We're waiting. Uh, My first one is an HBO Max um, show, (laughs) product show um, called Legendary. Legendary. Uh, Legendary. Legendary. Um, Yeah, so this is a direct pickup of what you would kind of see in a modern day Paris is Burning.
1: I love Paris Um, is Burning.
0: And this is like actual, like, Ballroom. Ballroom. Yeah. So there's categories and they they do a lot of vogue. Category
1: is horror
0: it, podcast. <laughs> I wish. um, It's really refreshing. It's fun. It's I, light. I, I have not watched it yet. It's good. It's and, and it's all houses. So and there's some classic houses like the House of Ninja. House of Balenciaga. No, she's not there. Oh, she's not there. No, that's a shame. Escada, uh there's like there's a ton of them. God, there's I like remember Escada. There's like nine houses, but damn. um, it's a competition show. Good, they're playing it out. And they're playing for like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, damn! So it's like that's, the the biggest ballroom. That's cash. different than the old days. <laughs> right. Shit! Wow. So yeah, watch Legendary okay. if you have
1: I HBO Max. That. I will watch that. I do have HBO Max. If you're nasty, um, my next show is also God. This is like an HBO Max commercial right now. <laughs> Uh, also on HBO Max, Perry Mason. Um, Perry Mason is—I'll uh, tell you, this is not what you're thinking. It is if you ever watched Perry Mason when you were younger, this is not that Perry Mason. It's interesting that they call it that. Then, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know much of the history of Perry Mason, so I don't know if there was like a book before or I don't know. a comic or whatever. This is a dark, dark, dark version. Uh, Perry Mason <laughs> Matthew Reese uh, plays Perry Mason it's it's really good it's dark it's sinister um, there's a lot of great acting in it. of course a lot of great actors in it um, and uh, I don't want to give too much away but you know in episode 2 it just really sort of makes things a lot of really relevant and really <laughs> interesting and uh, I don't know if, if you're interested in sort of like detective shows this is one that you should watch because it is entirely unique from anything that I've watched before. I saw my girl from Orphan Black as in yeah. it. Yeah. I really like her. I mean, it's just, you know, John Lithgow is in it.
0: He does a great, I mean, he always does, but he's great in this. He's had a weird resurgence of his Love like, John career, Lithgow. Ugh,
1: love John Lithgow. He's always
0: playing like the wise old man now. <laughs> oh,
1: he's so good though. Damn. So yeah, Perry Mason, HBO Max.
0: My second one is also an HBO Max um but it's our I, new sponsor but i should say that i actually watched the first two seasons of this show on tbs
1: oh that's right because yeah, yeah.
0: this was originally a tbs show i'm not sure what the history is of that but this is search party um search party has a ton of great people in it um it's all about at least the first season is all about a group of friends that finds out that one of their college not friend but like one of their like college people that they knew yeah is missing and this sets off our main character on this, like, epic quest to try to find out what happened huh. to her. Um, oh, it, search party. <laughs> it's equal parts kind of outlandish and comedic. Yeah. And other, the other part is kind of, like, dark and, like, a little bit, like, sure. uh, melodramatic. Um, it's a, I've never seen a show balance the line so well. Yeah. The acting is phenomenal. There's specifically a character in season three. I don't want to give away what her character is just because it kind of pertains to the plot, but she gives this performance. I couldn't, I was, we were cackling, laughing. Like it was insane. Um, if you have not watched search party yet, you can now watch, both seasons one and two which previously on TBS on, on what network and season three on HBO Max on HBO what? Max uh, got it okay cool Excellent. but um, this is an exclusive to HBO Max I'm not sure how that maybe it's not on TBS anymore no and it's not on and it's not on regular HBO like yeah, it doesn't maybe, it doesn't air
1: maybe Turner must have sold it over so, I guess yeah I'm not
0: sure but definitely check out Search Party great show okay. love it can't sing it high enough praises I'm changing my my other one
1: too and putting that into horror and movies it will make sense okay because I, I do want to talk about one that I watched <sighs> the other night on netflix not hbo max oh called the silence did you see the silence
0: N- stanley tucci is this when uh um, what's um, her face Kieran and Shipka. yeah i think i covered this when it first came out you did i think so oh well i'll talk about it again yeah, well you finally watched um, it so yeah. it's
1: really good really? um so wait oh hear this me is out. the creature movie yeah, correct hear me out hear okay. me out hear me okay out. um i what's the one that what's his face did huh the <laughs> We talked about it early on in the podcast silent creatures you got to be quiet oh the quiet place the quiet place so the quiet place i think has a lot of problems and i think that the silence and sort of a different budget helps to fix those
0: problems a little bit
1: i do i honestly do I'm, I'm i, I think <laughs> i i think it's it's a good movie like it, it was it was good it was uh there's more going on you have more of an eye on what's happening I will admit that the ending is definitely like, whoa, that just happened out of nowhere. Um, But the rest of the movie, I really enjoyed. Stanley Tucci was great. Kiernan Shipka, there's some cheesy lines here and there. But all in all, I got to tell you, I had a great time watching it. It was really good. I just remember thinking that this movie was ridiculous. (laughs) I wonder if you would feel the same way now in COVID. I don't know because I had sort of a, a lens of that on watching it. And I was like, Oh, this is really, I
0: just, I remember I had a similar reaction, um, to when we watched a quiet place and they, Ugh, they, quiet place. and they Ugh. go to the waterfall and that's like the place where they can make noise. So yeah. I remember us saying like, so just go live by the water. Yeah, so fucking live over there. And I remember in the silence, um, a similar time where they turned on some sort of lawnmower fan something the wood chipper the what is it a wood chipper wood chipper and they all run to it oh that is actually a good and point. i'm like why yeah. wouldn't you just i mean turn it on you know willing <laughs> willing
1: suspension of disbelief i, I totally understand i
0: that. just remember having like similar it, issues i
1: just i i those issues aside right those issues aside i think that the silence does it a little bit better than okay than what whatever that movie was called okay. that there's a part two come quiet out place maybe a a quiet place too, a quieter place we ever we ever have movies Um, again which like i that that also i'm like why do you why do you have to have a sequel to this movie because it did well but uh, you know what actually yeah you know what do a sequel it's
0: gonna do awful it will not do well (laughs) well especially now since people are terrified to go to the movies well yeah um uh, my last one before we cover one that we've both watched partly um i watched the movie scoob
1: but did you watch this with uh our friend, my God, I can't think of his name right now. Trace, Jesus, no, no. Um, I'm
0: sure he's watched it though. Trace is obsessed with the Scooby Doo. Scoob is kind of the retelling of how the um, the Mystery Club. Why am I blanking? Came together. Came together. The Mystery Machine is the car. Mystery Machine, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of like the origin story of that, and then they go into like a. a it wasn't for you, story. darn kids. The fun thing about this movie is that if you were a child of the Hanna Barbera era yeah. <laughs> Hanna-Barbera era um you get some fun like um Yogi Bear kind of things yeah it's not Yogi but it's like there's a couple of like the the villain is um the mischief guy with yeah, yeah, his yeah. like shaggy dog yeah um and you know you get like Captain Caveman and yeah, like sure. some of those people so Michael who watched it with me he didn't get it because he's like I never really was like a Hanna-Barbera kid but yeah like fair enough. me watching all the way through I was like oh that's that that's that that's yeah, that so yeah. it was a fun watch for me uh, it's a very light movie it's a kids movie so yeah. it's, you're not gonna like it's not gonna break any records or anything but it was a fun watch fair enough and sometimes we just need a little fun amen (laughs) oh but that brings us to our last one which we've both let's let's put that in quote watched I've I've watched almost all of it you have you've got some more to go I'm trying to pace myself because I know there's only six episodes and we're talking about the Netflix original series unsolved mysteries unsolved mysteries this is the new
1: there's, it's a reboot <laughs> reboot yeah, of reboot. the classic
0: series with robert stack yeah they're doing a great job with it they're, i think
1: they're doing a great job
0: the, the stories that they're telling are not stories i've heard of yeah um they're really compelling um the only thing i will say is that at first at first i think it was rectified after i watched like two episodes i got like a little like oh man i kind of missed that there were like segments in oh, yeah, Unsolved yeah, yeah. Mysteries sure because you always got like The murder one, but then you also got the UFO one, but then you also got the ghost one, but you know, like, and then you also got the lost love one, like all these different things. Yeah. This concentrates on one case per episode, which is fine. Um, I do miss kind of the, um, what do you call it? The voiceover of Robert Stack. Um, yeah, or if they would have picked somebody, I don't. It's not like it, it ruins the show for me. It's just like nostalgia kicks in, and you kind of want your old thing.
1: The, yeah, the nostalgia <laughs> thing, but I, I think it actually, I think it actually does the stories better.
0: And no, the, they're <clears throat> the,
1: because it, that being
0: said, it's really well done. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's there's time, and there isn't time wasted with Robert Stack voiceover, which you know, great and all, but like, you know, tell the story. Sure. And so, like, I think they weave it out. I think they weave in and out really well on on all the ones that I've watched. Um, I think that the UFO one was done really well. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Um, you know, it, in there, the people that they talked to were all like good. They weren't like crazy, crazy, <laughs> you know, Comic Con people in a you know cryptids room. You know, like I mean, these were like people who were like kind of normal and like they were just like, look, this is what happened. You can believe it or not, right? But this is what happened so it's what happened to me and that's what I know and if you don't like it I, I don't know what to tell you and I, like, I, I'm not making money off of this so sure. here
0: you go I, I posted about this on uh, um, the various social medias that I have yeah. but like I forgot how much in how much the show just enrages me because you don't know what happened. Well, not only because you don't know what happened, but there's specifically an episode two, which is about this woman who I'm not giving anything away. She goes missing from her salon. Oh God. The husband in a matter of like, in a matter of like 15 minutes that she would Uh. saw somebody. And it is so painfully obvious who the killer is and I'm not going to give it away, but you just look at, I mean, or, (laughs) or look at him.
1: Or the guy is just truly a complete son of a bitch, psychopath. Like, like he's just he's just a complete person that you just really hate. And he didn't kill her, or he killed her. Yeah. Like, it, 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 there's no gray area. I know on that it's one just so all. enraging. Oh, it drove um, me nuts too. He was
0: so gross. But that being said, the stories that they're picking, like I said, are really good. Yeah. Um The mysteries are very like you want to You want to find yeah. out. And I did see a couple of write-ups that said like, "Hey, these are like." These are starting to get like legit like leads now, like some of these stories. Well, I mean, get ready for season two when you'll get the update. I know. I hope they do that.
1: Oh, you, you know, they're going to do it,
0: but like, we have to wait for it. <laughs> I know. You know? Yeah, so yeah. It, it'll get there. I'm excited though. I hope that they, um, because of the ones that I've watched so far, they're all true crime. Yeah. I'm hoping they kind of branch out. You said there was a UFO one. I want ghosts. I want ghosts. Too. I want fucking
1: ghosts. I want vampires. I want like shit like that.
0: Yeah. So that's Unsolved Mysteries. Highly recommend it. I want to finish it soon. Um, like I said, I'm kind of pacing myself. Yeah it's it's a it's a tough one to binge you got a lot of time it's it's tough it's a rough
1: stuff. don't worry you've got enough time <laughs> in fucking quarantine that will never
0: end <sighs> i know unless you people wear your mask wear i'm gonna tell you this right <laughs> Follow now. all the rules what
1: you've been watching bitch what you've been wearing bitch <laughs> you better wear a fucking mask or you're not allowed to listen to our show period <laughs> andrew tell them i do yeah i agree got it <laughs> In fact, you can buy a Friday, the 13th mask right now on teespring.com slash stores slash (laughs) Friday 13. I promise you that was actually not planned but I'm bringing it up. We do have masks. Even we haven't ordered them yet, I know, I know, yeah. Um, But yeah, you should get a mask and wear a mask. It's the easiest way to stop the spread. The only horror in real life is you not wearing a mask,
0: girl. I'm not gonna get on my high horse about this COVID stuff, but it's just so enraging when we see how it's spreading and we see how other countries are handling it much better than we are. Oh, you mean like
1: how yesterday, for example, in America, there were over 70,000 new cases?
0: (laughs) i just take i take japan for instance japan is uh like 124 million people and they are condensed to a much larger or much smaller Smaller. surface area than we are and they've only had a thousand people die isn't that amazing because their their culture in and of itself already had adapted to masks
1: yeah yeah it's it's uh, i'll be honest and we'll talk for just one more minute about this it's disgusting what's happening it is so enraging to see people around you, your friends, your family, your friends, mm-hmm. family, and just people that you know, so selfish, not wearing a mask when they know that they should going to places they know they shouldn't go watching businesses open when they know that they shouldn't mm-hmm. and watching our leaders on all sides of the board, everyone. Acting like jackasses, except Republicans are fucking far worse, and we know that for sure. And our president is a dumb piece of fucking shit.
0: And to all you conspiracy theorists out there, I work for a hospital that is actively treating this disease. Tell them about the girl. If you want, um, so yeah, we have a double lung transplant on a girl that was only in her 20s. 20s! Um, so take this seriously if you want me to send you photos of people in the prone position because they can't breathe i'll do that prone
1: position girl
0: so that's that's my end of that rant sorry i didn't mean to go into that but it just kind of came up
1: no it's okay Um, i'm
0: glad we talked about it so we will take a quick break and then we will shift gears into horror and media starting with our first movie midnight meat train i'm hungry
1: what interests you
0: the city because no one's ever captured it not the way it really is. That's my goal. That's my dream.
1: Then you're failing. The next time you find yourself at the heart of the city, stay put. Keep shooting.
0: It began with a photograph. A single act of unthinkable evil. I saw it.
1: Take your pictures to the cops.
0: I wasn't stalking
1: her, but you did continue to photograph.
0: Now, these represent missing people for the last three years. The only way to make it stop. I followed him into the subway. He butchers them like cattle. They never find the remains because he unloads the meat somewhere. Is to go for the ride. A train to catch welcome back we are here to talk all about horror in media and our first movie tonight is the uh 2008 horror movie midnight M- the sorry the midnight meat train that was overemphasized oh, <laughs> everywhere God. um so maddie why don't you give us a brief synopsis and some notable cast the midnight meat train leon
1: a photographer on the edge of emerging in the art world is stuck His photography has plateaued. After his girlfriend, Maya, arranges for him to meet some of the city's top literati in the city's art scene, Leon finds new inspiration. When he happens upon a crime in the city's subway, he photographs it with stunning honesty and clarity, only to discover that he was actually on the trail of something far more sinister and far more ancient. That was written by me, Maddie (laughs) Zaradich. I like that. Um, This is a movie that was written by, well actually the screenplay was by Jeff Buehler based on the story The Midnight Meat Train from Books of Blood by Clive Barker. It was produced by Clive Barker and a bunch of other people. Um, The cast was directed by, uh, this is actually one that I don't know how to pronounce, Ryuhei, I'm going to say, Kitamura, that's probably about right. Um, and the cast is Bradley Cooper as Leon, Leslie Bibb as Maya, Brooke Shields as Susan Hoff, Roger Bart as Jurgis, Ted Ramey as Randall Cooper, Vinnie Jones as a terrifying mahogany, Peter Jacobson as Otto, and some other people as well. They were all very good. Congratulations. This is a, kind of a killer cast here. This is a great cast. I mean, and honestly, I'm, I'll be honest, well, well, God, Maddie, save it. Give me a second. Then I'll, and then I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> Okay, so it was uh it's obviously in English. It's uh released on Halloween 2008. Uh filmed mostly in Burbank. The budget estimated is about 15 million. Opening weekend USA $34,000 $34,394. There's a reason for that. We'll get I, into I it. I almost didn't even know how to say that number because it's so low. Total gross UA 83,361. And the cumulative worldwide gross was, uh, basically three and a half million, um, interesting stuff. And, uh, there's a lot in this movie. Yeah. It is a very Clive Barker story. Sure. Sure. Very Clive Barker, um, aesthetic, very Mm -hmm. Clive. It's, it's very Clive Barker all over the place. Um, this was my first time seeing it. I'd never seen it before. I'd only seen it one time before. Yeah. And I mentioned it to Andrew because when I was looking up creep, which we'll talk about later. (laughs) and I watched The Wrong Creep Mm -hmm. on Pluto TV, it um, mentioned this one as well. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So I'll tell you more about the horror of watching (laughs) The Wrong Creep. But thankfully I did because it gave me this suggestion. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I think, and like I said earlier in the episode, there are like, there are so many stories there are so many movies about this that we yeah. could have picked, so we'll probably you know, revisit this at some time. Oh, for or sure. Or something. This is just the one we picked this time. Um, so Midnight Meat Train, um, this is a movie, like I said, I've only seen it one other time, um, and I'm kind of in the middle on this one. I think the first um, half of the movie, I'm really into it, yeah. and then it kind of loses me somewhere towards like, the third act. creatures. No, not the, not the, not the aspect of the creatures, just like the storyline. Like I find the, him kind of photographing, you know, crime and like that kind of stuff more interesting than like, and him like trying to track down the murderer more than the like psychological or like, um, what would you, how would you put it? Like the mythology? Yeah. portion of it sure um, it just it starts off as a very simple movie and it evolves into something way different yeah oh, um, big time. and I think that it shows in some of the acting and some of the action just it kind of loses me a little bit yeah fair enough but I, I'm kind of I'm still I'm still positive on the movie yeah the things that I find um, wrong with it I find some of the um, character motivations not very good yeah like I'm specifically talking about the relationship between him and his girlfriend um it doesn't make sense a lot of the time they don't communicate barely at all
1: don't, do you think that's part of it
0: I don't I don't it just seems like a really bad relationship
1: but I mean I mean but I, I and I really I'm not trying to dog you I, I really think that that might actually be part of it maybe is like that well they, they try to play
0: it up that they they're don't, like they don't have a great relationship but they try to play it up like they do because they're like want to get married but like, that's just
1: the thing though is don't a lot of couples do that I guess yeah. and and that's one thing that I really took away from it was like especially like when he gives her he there's there's a part where um they had the, the I mean you can tell that they're they're not on the rocks but they're not close and there's they're they clearly are attracted to each other there's something more that she wants mm-hmm. there's something that he doesn't know how to give and you're looking at this like guy we don't really know how old he is but he's probably like in the world of this movie like 31 32 yeah that's right? what I would say. he seems very lost he doesn't really know what he's doing he's running around taking some photos it's just it's whatever he seems like a little lost puppy and his girlfriend is somebody who's like you know I'm a waitress I'm doing this but like I want to get my life moving towards something else like She seems like ready to do something that he is not. Yeah, and even when he gives her a ring at her work, when he like sneaks in an engagement to get engaged, yeah, it's like a promise (laughs) ring. And it's and for me that was that was kind of the kicker because it's like, are you a fucking teenager? Like that that's so dumb. If if somebody gave me a an an, a a ring that was an engagement to be engaged, I would say, why don't you keep it and take it back? (laughs) And then when you can afford an actual ring. Then we can talk about this or actually maybe not how about we just don't stay together <laughs> You know what? I mean all that to say like I th- I think that that might have been what they were trying to show Maybe they could have done it in a different way.
0: Yeah, I think it's specifically there's one scene that where they are it just doesn't I See what they're trying to do. There's a specific scene where they're kind of she walks into the apartment and he's has become obsessed with this case about the butcher. Yeah. Um, And he has like all the pictures out and he's got all the like news clippings and everything. Look at all these missing people. And she's like don't do this like don't do this and he's i'm like this is literally the first time he's brought this up to you so like chill yeah. out right. and then second of all and then she's like take pictures of me and like she's and he he can't he can't force himself to take pictures of her naked yeah. body and it just it's such a ridiculous scene that i was just like what it, is happening it wasn't
1: um i i wonder how many revisions that scene went through in yeah. terms of writing because uh the if it, it, it seems like a difficult scene to to perform. Yeah, it really yeah. does like when it when I when I think about it, like there's There's a lot like that these are not to talented kind of actors. Well, I mean and I don't really know much about Leslie Bibb to be honest with you well, She's been in tons of shit. Um, I, I I just I guess I can't really like place her in what else she's been in that's been wasn't like... she
0: in the skulls?
1: Yeah, but I mean <laughs> it's that uh, we're not gonna call that Oscar quality. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean like True. I mean it's the skulls I but I mean like you know, let's face it. I mean how much great acting and I really mean this. And look, I love Clive Barker. This is not a dog on Clive Barker. How much great acting have you seen in Clive Barker films? Yeah, it's all
0: it's always like straddling
1: that A to B movie. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, you know, look, I love all the Hellraiser. Except so for Candyman. Wrong, Candyman's a candy, masterpiece. That's, that's a different story. Yeah. But like you think of all the Hellraisers. You know they're great horror films. You know we all love them. I, I still can't watch them most of the time. To be honest, I'm still scared of them. Yeah, those ones are rough for me. It's tough, but I mean, like the acting in all of the Hellraisers. I I, I will go to battle with anybody on this. It's awful. <laughs> it's very bad. The only good person is Pinhead for the most part, and he sucks too. Like they do their their part. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's scary. It works. I understand what I call it, a nuanced performance that's showing me something different about like blah, 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 blah. No, I I would not, I would not say that. Interesting. And so I would, I would say that, you know, Candyman is one example of great acting in a Clive Barker story. And I think this one is not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's in the middle. (laughs) It's definitely, it's, it's definitely better than, than like a Hellraiser kind of thing. It's above middling for me. And I think Bradley Cooper does, and he does a pretty good job, I think. It's kind of like um, peak Bradley I, Cooper too. And I'm not his biggest fan, I gotta be honest with you. Don't love Bradley Cooper.
0: I, I go back and forth with him. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I think he does a really good job and then other times I'm just like, okay, that's Bradley Cooper. I'll tell
1: you, I, I did think that Vinnie Jones was really good. He's the killer, He's right? the killer, yeah, mahogany. Um,
0: that murder weapon is terrifying.
1: Yeah, the um, the um, knocker? Yeah. Oh, I mean, cause yeah, so if, if you haven't seen this movie before, remember we give spoilers in this section. Um, he uses a knocker that you would knock like cattle with to kill them. To kill them, um, because he, as a killer, is a is a meat packer as mm-hmm. well. So um, he has this whole bag of tools that he uses, like a big hook and the thing and whatever. Which actually the hook is inter- interesting because it was supposed to be the sequel to Candyman. Yeah, That's isn't that interesting? interesting? It is interesting.
0: I don't know how they tie in together, but that was a fact. I don't, fact that I don't I know found. either.
1: One thing I liked about this film too is that it's about a city. I like how that's just the city. But it's just a city. <laughs> right. And for a minute I was like, "Wait a minute." Cuz I cuz what I what I love about cities is that every subway looks different mm-hmm. and every train car is different. And I've been on an awful lot of train cars in the country. And I was looking at the the train and I was like, "I cannot place that train. It's definitely not Chicago." It is. Th- that train was not Chicago. It is.
0: It's in the. Did you, do you want me to read the facts? Did they film that in Chicago? No, they did not film it in Chicago, but it was a Chicago train car. Oh, I see that now. Oh, a modified one though. Yeah,
1: that's that's why. So there. So, but there are things in it that make it look different enough. Sure that I did, I did doesn't recognize like that one. it had green line. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. But like one thing that really threw it off for me, why I didn't think it was Chicago is the handles yeah. are like silver metal. Did you notice mm-hmm. handles in Chicago are like sort of like straps, strappy, rubbery kind of thing. I think
0: that's a Clive Barker move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I just know, I noticed that it was a Chicago one because of the doors.
1: Oh, uh, the, the door. So it,
0: it might've been a blue line. Yeah. It's it might've like been the old line. doors. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Been a- and by old doors, Andrew means on each car, there are two sets of two doors. Mm -hmm. So there are four doors on each side.
0: Now it's just two.
1: Exactly. Right. Which by the way is better because the four door thing is fucked up and it's like, (laughs) you couldn't get on or off. It gives me like palpitations (laughs) thinking about it right now. Uh, Uh, but, But I like that. It's about sort of, sort of like, It's like a Gotham without being Gotham. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like it's a mix of like L.A. and New York and Chicago, like all kind of in one.
0: Yeah, it's meant to just be a city. Yeah, you just like you don't know where you are. I think that they did a really good job with that. I think they did do a good job of disguising it as kind of everyday city. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't recognizable as any particular city. I'll
1: tell you, I was definitely Googling when I watched this last night. I was Googling 14th Street and Beale Street. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> is this an actual station anywhere? It's not. not.
0: Um, there are a couple of things um, that I've mentioned, but there's one thing that is kind of a sin in my book. Oh, God. Um, is that they, when they do the practical effects, they're really good. But when they do the CGI effects, like the eyeball coming it's out of really like the camera, bad. I
1: know. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> like even that first kill the model when he smacks her and she kind of yeah. does her head twists around yeah. it looks so bad it, lo- it looks fake yeah looks fake and they, they mix CGI blood with real blood yeah so it's and it's just sort of weird it was it was a little much um, some of the things that I took away from this is that this is in the era where they were trying to desaturate films so like in the horror movie it was kind of like dull
1: yeah
0: you know what I mean it wasn't like vibrant dull or stark Right. Except for when they're on the train. Right. Like when when it train. was bright, it was stark. Yeah. When it wasn't, it was dull. So we follow a couple of murders. Of uh, The one murder that I thought was interesting that I was... I ha- I wanted to rewind because I was trying to pick up on the dialogue is it's when Ted Rainey's character, his wife, and another co-worker, I think. Yeah. The, there was a lot going on in that conversation. But I'm like, is this a male-male-female threesome I, about to happen?
1: It was... Th- there was a lot happening. Yeah. And you th- kind of hear like a glimpse of it and you're like
0: wait a minute okay did we did we just go to happy hour and decide to be a threesome not not
1: (laughs) sure what's going on here but here we are
0: because he says like oh um, my wife can make us a nice nice dinner something (laughs) like like that (laughs) it was 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 really really weird it was very very weird (laughs) and then they die so that's fine (laughs) but um raimi there's a couple of scenes that i found like very well shot yeah um and then there's a couple that i'm just like whatever um the shot where he is he is sinisterly like coming up the escalator yeah and bradley cooper's there to take his picture for the first time i thought that was like really well done and then but a lot of the stuff like towards the end with like the action and stuff i think that this guy thinks he's a little better than he really is i i (laughs) I don't
1: know anything about him i don't I know nothing about him
0: i know that he was not happy with this movie really and that's why they only released it in budget theaters oh so like you know like dollar theaters and like secondhand theaters like that's where they premiered this Huh. So that's kind of why it didn't make a lot. I wonder of why he wasn't happy. Another thing. You, wait. Do you mean Clive Barker wasn't happy? No, the director. Okay. Keep another thing. So they kind of allude to that Bradley Cooper's character is a vegetarian. Yeah, but because yeah, he
1: eats that tofu. Yeah,
0: but when they take it when he puts the tofu on, it's on the same griddle yeah, as all right. the other meat. Yeah. So it doesn't even make sense. Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think of there is some, some. Oh, another egregious mistake because I was a photography minor back in the day where you did have to develop film yeah. in the darkroom. His darkroom wouldn't work.
1: No, light. There <laughs> there's light like all light over the place. <laughs> well, and I was also thinking about his camera. It appeared to be a Leica, okay. from what I could see, but like, I was thinking the whole time, like. Is that camera gonna do as much as he needs it to do? Right.
0: And he never changes lenses. I mean, never-
1: <laughs> I mean, unless it's like a camera that has like a special kind of crazy lens, I don't know. But like, it just didn't seem like it was all that great for a photographer. It
0: definitely took me back though, because in the beginning, when he's, um, he has his contact sheets, is yeah. what they're called. Yeah. When- what people don't realize is that you have to make those. Like you have oh, to wow. like take your film, put it on there, develop the light, and then put it through. And it's not just like something that like magically comes with your film. Yeah, like sure. it's I just that was a little nostalgia I yeah, me. Like where was he doing that? Yeah, exactly. Because he brings it home. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Uh, and, well,
1: Annie makes little pocket-sized ones
0: too. Um, I love that that we get um Brooke Shields in this movie. I forgot how much I miss Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields, she, man. She's really good in this. I really like her character. As Susan Hoff. And I love <laughs> Cause she kind of takes a look at his photos for the first time when she's going to have him in the, the, what do you call it? The gallery. Yeah. And she kind of just like, and at the same time, I'm thinking in my head, these are kind of just boring photos and then she's like these are kind of boring and was like oh good all right thank you brooke thanks for noticing um and then he i don't know there's just like a series of events that happens that leads him down this spiral um and then he gets abducted on the midnight meat train and he gets branded with the butcher's symbol i'm guessing this is all in my head because they don't ever explain
1: like the, the 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 creatures that have been living below
0: right so like he's Branded to be the next one, I'm, I'm thinking it was that that means. I guess. Um, and then at the end of the movie, Butcher's killed, and then the conductor comes out. You find out that there's an elaborate, the police are in on it. The conductors in on it. Well, you learn that that
1: the cops are in it when you see her necklace, right? You you see, that and I can't she's remember. The was
0: she wearing it in
1: the first scene? No, she was. Not. Okay, so it was only no. in the second. Because it's right? really clear when you see it, you're like, <laughs> know, you're like, you're like, oh, that looks like the ring, right? In it. There yeah. it is. So, um, so then you, they're all in on it. Yeah, you don't know, but you're like, Some- well, something's going on here. They're covering it up, and I mean, it's it's. Um, I'll, I'll give them this. Like it's it's a it's a bold idea. Like yeah, you know it's it's creative. Like there is this. You know race of beings that have been around before humans mm-hmm. the the thing is that we just I mean it, it's there's there's an awful lot going on. we don't have a lot of time to develop this thing sure so like you just it is kind of quick. I think that they do as good of a job as they can in the writing with like, okay, getting this information out, and there it is, and then
0: no, here we are. I think what this movie does, um, I don't think it I don't want to say well, but I think what they do do is they don't over-explain it. Like, yeah. and we I think we've complained about that a couple of. Times. It just happens. It's like here it is. Yeah, this is what's happening. Yeah, and
1: um, we, we discover that there's this race of beings that I don't know if humans are sort of like enslaved to do it, but so they I are did doing it because. So I did some
0: extra reading. Yeah. Um, so basically, what this is is this is like a evolved like creature. That maybe was once human, but is now like deformed and they strike a deal with the city that if you feed them, they, first of all, won't invade the city and kill people up on the surface, but they'll also help the city prosper. So it's like kind of like a, an ancient good luck charm to like have these huh. creatures under the city. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's but interesting. You have to read a little bit more into it to get that because this is also based on a short story. Yeah, sure, so sure, sure. They go a little bit more into the mythology in that story. Huh. So, um then they kill Leslie Bibb in the most gruesome of fashion, tear out her heart. You got to get that heart out. <laughs> and he becomes the new butcher. Bump bump, <laughs> bump bump. And his tongue gets ripped out too. Yeah, because we find out that and the guy—we should say that the murderer does not speak an entire. He does not speak anything until the very end. He yeah. says like, "Welcome." I, I think he
1: says, "You're welcome."
0: You're. Oh, I thought he just said, "Welcome."
1: I think he says, or or maybe he just says, "Welcome." That is also possible.
0: Um. The uh, the only thing that is really unexplained for me, and it just must be in the mythology of the, um, the conductor, the, the butcher. No, is he has these like postules on him yeah he like cuts like off and like puts in jars
1: yeah that's um and i just that's the part i'm like what i fuck? i wish that they had explained that
0: and from all i can understand is that maybe this is some sort of deterioration from being this ancient yeah sure butcher guy right i don't that's all I can say.
1: who knows yeah. but yeah that, that that was also just disgusting too
0: this movie is very violent if you are not in the mood for blood this it's is not a, a movie for you it's a
1: Clive Barker movie it's like if you, you know if you're not into blood don't watch hell <laughs> I just I just don't think that there's this much blood in the human body <laughs> no there's not but I mean it's I mean it really does run that is something that runs throughout all of his stories is Candyman Hellraiser weave world this I, everything that you can think of from Clive it's gonna be violent It's gonna be S and M kind of shit. It's gonna be chains. And there might be a little bit of gay in there. Yeah, I mean, like it's just that's just what it is. and it's it's also interesting too because um, my friend Sean that I used to work with um, in my previous job. Um, he used to work for an art gallery in Chicago mm-hmm. and Clive Barker used to show oh, uh, that gallery. And so he's met Clive a bunch of times. He
0: also gave some of the paintings in this movie for the, you can tell. Yeah. He, he definitely... There's,
1: there's one that's sort of like a pinhead that yeah. you see and you're like, yep, I see you. <laughs>
0: They're all like torture. <laughs>
1: yep. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, the one part that really did get me in this movie was when he prepares the bodies. Oh God. It is so graphic. It's <laughs> when and he it... puts that thing through his, through their ankles. <clears throat> And it has, like, my worst things in it. Ugh. Teeth and fingernails. Yeah, when he's taking the fingernails off, it's like, <laughs> oh, God. But that's how the
1: animals probably want it, you know? They're like, take these things off, do this. Well, the hair. he's
0: he's butchering them. Yeah. He's getting them ready. Yeah. So
1: Please step away from the meat.
0: Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other kind of... I think we covered a lot of the... Oh, there's just one little um thing that Bradley Cooper. I don't know if he had any hand in this or not, but in Silver Linings Playbook, in there's a part in it where they're kind of strolling through town, him and Jennifer Lawrence, and Midnight Meat Train is like on the poster for the movie theater. That's <laughs> that's, funny. that's hilarious. Um, but we covered a lot of the uh the the what you you know did you know segments. Yeah. But um, I I don't have anything else to say. I think I mean, we did it. It's kind of a it's a middle of the road movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I yeah, mean, I
1: mean, I think, I think for me, I'll give this four and a half stripes.
0: Well, okay. We should say that out of seven stripes, cause that's the rainbow. Fair enough. Uh, that's how we grade. But yeah, here. I, th-
1: I, th- I think four and a half. I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I kind of liked it. I mean, th- yeah, it's got problems of course, but like
0: I had a good time watching it. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Just slightly lower than you.
1: Yeah. I think so, that's smart. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all. <laughs>
1: Until we come back for Creep from 2014. So listen to some Radiohead for a minute, and we're going to come back and talk about Creep. Hello, my name is Peach Fuzz. I might look like I eat you up. But I'm as friendly as a rabbit. And I'd make a very good friend. Peach Fuzz! I am. There's nothing to (sighs) see. Welcome back, folks. And for our final film of this beautiful, wonderful, amazing, totally great episode, episode 36, we're talking about a movie called Creep from 2014. And Andrew's going to tell you all about it.
0: Creep. Looking for work, Aaron comes across a cryptic online ad. A thousand dollars a day. Filming service. Discretion is appreciated. Low on cash and full of naivete, he decides to go for it. He drives to a cabin in a remote mountain town where he meets Joseph. A cinematic. cinematic? His. Subject. his cinematic oh, his! Subject. His cinematic subject for the day. Joseph is sincere and the project seems heartfelt. So Aaron begins to film. But as the day goes on, it becomes clear to Joseph is not who he says he is. And his intentions are not at all pure. Mm. Creep has... A cast of two: (laughs) Mark Duplass as Joseph and Patrick Bryce as Aaron. It is directed by Patrick Bryce and produced by Mark Duplass and Jason Bloom. So Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse film. I think this is. I think this is a Bloomhouse tilt. Well, this is, actually,
1: this is actually good because Bloomhouse is our new sponsor. Oh
0: God, we have so many sponsors. Now. I know it's, it's uh, fantastic. I'll s- tell ya. The story is by Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass. More on that later. Um, it released on June 23rd to a Netflix release, um, in 2015. Most film, most filming was done in Crestline, California. Makes sense. hmm So creep Maddie. What did you think of this movie? Well, let me tell you what I thought about a movie
1: called Creep from 2004. Oh, no. Starring Franca Potenta, um, that was on Pluto TV. And when Andrew said we were going to watch Creep, I was like, okay, Creep. Here it is, free. And so I did, well, I did what I usually do, which is I like, you know, go to my Apple TV, push the button, I say Creep, and I saw it and it was in the horror section. And I was like, oh, this is it. Okay, done. (laughs) So I watched this movie called Creep, which is which is actually kind of funny after talking about um, Midnight Meat Train because it all takes place on a train and in the subway in London. It is so bad, I can't begin to tell you how bad it is. Oh, it's, no. It's just an awful movie. The whole time that I'm watching it, I'm thinking, Andrew, why would you make me watch this? Like, I mean, I don't always like the things that you choose, but that's okay. But like, this one is so bad <laughs> that I'm actually like kind of upset with you right now um because i remember you saying well i think we're gonna have fun with it and i'm watching this i'm like i'm not having fun with this <laughs> so so what's funny folks is that like i, I must have been a day or two later we're talking on gchat about the episode coming up and, you know like plans for recording and everything mm-hmm. else and i forget how it came up but i was like creep is awful and
0: i was like oh and i, I, and I was like, like it." i
1: was like creep is awful i was like i just wanted to kill her the whole time and then you go her there's there's no woman. No, you, know, you Creep. said. Did you watch Creep Part One? And I was like, yes. And you were like, there's no woman in Creep. And I was like, what? <laughs> then I found out I watched the wrong Creep. Anyways, that's <laughs> that's my story. Is sticking to it. Creep. This one, the Bloomhouse uh, one. Um, it's good. It's a uh, it's a strange movie. Um, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it's it's sort of like found footage.
0: And I know that's not always your favorite, but I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm.
1: Because um, I don't, I don't like found footage. This is different because it's not like shitty Blair Witch. This is like it's almost documentary. Yeah, and um and there's there's a reason for it. It's not just like oh, we're out in the woods. <laughs> Some oh, here's a scary witch. It's like no, there's like there there's reasons behind it, so it really does make sense. Yeah,
0: it it doesn't suffer from the rule in um uh found footage movies where you're like why would you be filming this yeah I mean like, precisely yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I
1: mean there's an actual reason he's out there for a job mm-hmm. and also as we learn at the end I mean surprise Joseph is a serial killer um, at the end when he opens up his closet full of tapes and DVDs yep. that like there's another reason why film is so important in this mm-hmm. so um, yeah I, I think it was a, a really uh, interesting and macabre idea executed well um, the the end where Aaron dies at the lake I was definitely like, why are you sitting down with your back to the <laughs> entire, like, he ain't going to come out of the water. Cause he
0: trusted him, Maddie.
1: I know. But like, <laughs> he ain't going to come out of the water motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like just point your back to the water yeah.
0: or just don't go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just saying, but yeah, I, li- I liked it in general.
0: Um, so this should be said that this movie was like, probably 90 percent improvised um it started off as kind of a, and you can tell and it started off as kind of like a dark comedy and after they started showing some of the footage to their friends they were like you guys should take just make here. this like take it yeah. take it there like take it to the whole next level um this movie is something else like it's yeah. there's not a lot of movies like this yeah um because you're going into it obviously it has the name creep for a title which yeah. i i think if they would have named it maybe a little something different it could have paid off a little more with like the, uh, yet i don't think that creep is a good title for it i don't either because it gives away because there are so many times in this movie he's where, not a creep well there and there's so many times in the movie where you're like is he crazy or is he just like a little off you know what i mean sure. like in making because yeah. he, he brings him to this house on the premise of I have a brain tumor. I know I'm going to die. My wife is pregnant, so I want to do a what? Did, what does he say? A my life yeah. with Michael Keaton. Yeah, right. Where he leaves his amazing film. Where he leaves his buddy because yeah. they don't. I don't think they know if it's a girl or a boy. Um, a kind of like living will or living testament. Yeah. Uh, Giving. Like here,
1: here's all the things that I that I would have done with you. And here's
0: hubby time. And here's your dad. Yeah. But things quickly creep up on this filmmaker because the first thing yeah, he guess. wants to. Tape is tubby time. Yeah, where literally he gets naked. Mark Duplass gets naked right in front of this guy. It's the first thing they do, and he like I don't, he reenacts giving a baby as, a bath, yeah,
1: as though we had the baby and like you know like like fake chomping on a baby's feet, which I also I hate that kind of <laughs> shit. I hate it. I I hate, like, baby's feet
0: kind of things. Oh, I just hate that. There's just a lot of, like, ups and downs with this movie where you're like, I can't tell if he's going to kill him or if he's, like, going to befriend him. And you don't really know until or a, a little bit of both. Or or both. Yeah. Because they have a moment in the um in the woods where yeah. they like find like the healing the waters. Yeah. Um, and they're like having kind of like a nice moment. And then he quickly like scares them again. This is one of these guys. I had a yeah. roommate like this one time, where they will deliberately hide and uh, burst out at you. Spaghetti. <laughs> Which spaghetti. Actually, I didn't I was like those are cheap like cheap uh jump scares until the end of the movie where he's like like you're waiting for the jump scare yeah and it never happens, and he doesn't do it and it's like oh that's why you did that yeah to like make the ending more threatening to the viewer
1: well and also i think to really show the juxtaposition like he he is a methodical killer right and the the act that he puts on for aaron is an act right so the whole thing it is. It's actually good that it was improvised because that's what he would have had to do as the actual killer. Sure. Because you do see, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he puts the wolf mask on, but like, like you said, it is methodical. But like, he also no like, jump scare.
0: But also, he puts the wolf mask on and he's like, oh yeah, my my dad had this and right. he like had a little rhyme for it and like
1: all it's, that stuff. So, uh, it's um, what's his face? Peach fuzz. Peach fuzz. <laughs> the so infamous weird. peach fuzz. That when when that first happened, I was just like, what is Am going on? <laughs> like what the fuck
0: in the in the pivotal moment of the movie where he gets the phone call from the sister the sister angela um shangela i was like is it his sister is she in on it what like, if it what? what if it was shangela on the phone <laughs> she's instead. like hey girl <laughs>
1: hey girl shangela girl <laughs>
0: um and he like kind of discovers like oh i think he's crazy yeah and then he kind of confronts him outside like he's like i know and he's like yeah. and he th- he has the character takes it like He's like, I don't want to die. And he's like, I know. And he, he, but he's like, no, I know what's right. going on here. Yeah. And he like, all of a sudden just like runs away and like, and down the stairs, and down the stairs. Yeah. And then I mean, it's terrifying. He goes down there and he is sitting there blocking the doorway out, which he could have just gone off the sliding yeah, glass I mean, door, it, but
1: it, it is, it's another one. Of, I mean, and we talked about this, I think in our last episode, but like, it's another one of those like horror movie mysteries where you're like, you could just kill him. yeah sure like why don't you just kill him there but i mean the movie wouldn't be as fun that way i get it
0: well and the guy aaron is kind of a pacifist too like he's always like he scares him and then he's like it's okay like it's okay like it's okay i
1: mean yeah he's 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 annoying in that way frankly and and that's actually something that i thought about is why do we look at victims as annoying Hmm. you know what i mean like there are so many like, like for example when i was watching the wrong creep and I was thinking I just want her to die so this is over already like (laughs) come on but like why do I feel that way I don't know you know what I mean and like and I we're not alone I'm not I'm not alone like there's plenty of times when you watch a movie where you're just like why did you do that you idiot or Mm -hmm. why did you blah 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 blah." and
0: you're like well yikes yeah that's a lot for me to say you know what I mean it's interesting to think I just really like that moment where he's like are you gonna let me leave and he just kind of like shakes his head no
1: and then he starts swiveling his hips (laughs) that was when I was like no 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 no
0: um this Mark Duplass is just like he's like a master of this kind of um weirdo acting and like on the fly type of acting um what are the the Duplass brothers uh what are they direct recently um they were that show um togetherness I don't know if you watched that though that I'm not thinking they've done a lot a movie They've done a
1: lot. I can't remember. Anyways.
0: Um, but he's just like really great in this. The other guy's okay. Um, you can definitely tell that he's not as comfortable with the improvisation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but the fact that he was both a director and kind of starred in it, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, there's something unusual, and I tried to look up more about this, but I couldn't get too deep on it. I was wondering if there was any connection between why his car was yellow and the front door was also yellow. I don't. I wondered like if there was like some sort of metaphor they were trying to weave in there.
1: I did not think about that. That's interesting. But they're the
0: same color, and yellow is a very um, bold choice for both a car and a front door. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> so that was something that I just noticed. I would
1: love a yellow front door for something one day, like like my beach house, for example. That would be nice.
0: The story that he tells when um, he makes him turn off the quote unquote turn off the yeah. camera, where he buys the peach fuzz mask. So it turns out that there's like multiple layers of lying in this movie. Of course. You you really don't know what the truth is, but he essentially tells this tale of his wife was really into bestiality, but she wouldn't admit it. And so he bought this mask and he essentially came in, tied her up and had sex with her with the mask on. And then he left, didn't tell her it was him, came home the next morning and she said everything was just fine last night. Yeah. That part
1: was like... Oh, God, it was it was um, a, a terrifying little element of the story to kind of pop in there. And, you know, if improv longer form like that, when you're doing a movie, you do have to have some things up your sleeve. So, like, you know, he that didn't just come out of nowhere at, on the moment. It right. So it, it's. It's good that they had they had already clearly thought out, thought out like being being I think bing. they were like beats. Here yeah, here here are the the points on the map we have to get to. Now get there, now get there, mm-hmm. now get there, now get there. And I think that they do a good job with that. I mean like you know, improv is not easy. No. Improv is tough. It really does require like skilled actors who are not just interested in being clever. Sure. I think a lot of people think that that's what improv is and that's really not unless you're going to like, you know, a comedy show. Sure. It really is about how can I weave this story on my own? Like and that's what that's it's not what actors do. What what actors do is they they say the lines, you know what I mean? And then they live truthfully. Who tells the story is the director. The director tells a story, the writer tells a story. Actors don't, but in improv, you kind of have to.
0: Yeah, and in that same moment where the camera, there was this weird effect. I don't know if you felt it or not, but in that moment where he's telling the story, we're we're only in pitch black, but yeah. for some reason it felt like, and maybe it was just the way he was speaking, it felt like we were slowly zooming the whole time, mm, even really though it was black. I don't that's know if it was just something my mind played a trick on me. Huh. but i just have to watch was... that scene again because I think that's...
1: I wonder if they, if you felt that. I wonder if they actually did do that. Because I mean, you could. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: It may have been just the way he was telling the story. Yeah, you know what I mean. But
1: I mean, there's a lot to it. The way that it all unravels. Like, I mean, he has to send him a bunch of things. He shows up at his house. He puts a DVD in his window. Well, that's a whole
0: other side of the movie. Is when he, yeah, he escapes. But then he gets sent, like, this weird movie of him, like, burying trash bags that clearly look like bodies. There's... um, And also in the box is a knife. (laughs) To cut open.
1: Uh, Also, it's like a sentoku knife. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that? And then a, a wolf.
0: And inside the wolf... Is a locket. Is the locket that says J and A forever. So this guy clearly is totally unhinged. This is just what his game is. And it seems like the way that he frames it up at the end, that this was, like, his favorite of them all because he seems like seems like he's it. like that's why you are my favorite yeah like <laughs> but um I'm trying to think if there's anything else um oh <laughs> i think my favorite improvised moment in the whole movie is where he wakes up in the middle of the night and is kind of having like a confessional moment yeah. this is after he'd gone home yeah and he hears like a loud thump outside oh and he gets out well and I just think it's funny that he just gets up and he's like, lights, 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 Yeah, lights. Right, right, right. <laughs> Turns on all the lights. Which is like something that you should do. <laughs> right. Right. That you don't I, always see. I would hope that I would get up and do that. Because usually you know in a horror I mean? movie, they would get out like maybe their like cell phone and like trying to like, and shine. Like, and then like it would show a face like out of nowhere. Yeah, there were just a lot of great moments
1: in this movie. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's super creative. The other part that I like about it too, as we've said for many other movies of such length, is that it's not long. It's like an hour 20. It's an hour 17. Yeah, it's nice. And that's fantastic. That includes the credits. <laughs> so like, it's you know, get listen, in, get out, get scared. <laughs> girl, I love me a little bit of peace in my life when I don't have to watch movies that are three hours long all the time. You know what I mean? So like it, it was, it's it's honestly refreshing to be able to watch a story that is told in a concise way yeah totally
0: i'm wondering how they filmed that death scene because for some reason i'd only seen this once before the end yeah um when he axes him in the head in plain daylight but um, oh you mean
1: like like how did like that actually happen
0: like how did they pull that off because in my mind i thought that they, he was gonna swing and maybe he was gonna go to black yeah you know but no, like, it really happens it shows yeah and, I'm and it like, looks
1: like there's. Four, well, I guess. I wonder if the reason why it feels realer is because of sound effects, which they could sure. add. Yeah. Because, I mean, there is sort I of. I mean, like just a, it looks really there's, real. There's like so. a. It's not loud, but it's like. It's like you, you can like feel it, yeah. and it's like you that's sort of the magic of movies right is you know if that if you've got that other element then it feels like it actually did happen yeah yeah that's true so that 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 could be it that
0: is the one flaw in the movie that i have is that clearly um he's walking up to the bench and you can clearly see there's like a giant shadow of him and there's like a shadow of the axe and like i I mean the, the only thing that i could maybe say is that he was like on his cell phone like yeah you know pre you know like did be like was distracted by his cell phone but and the fact that there are like 14 houses across the lake yeah and like you can clearly see here that there's like chainsaw in the background so there's yeah. like maintenance work going on
1: i just yeah I just, <laughs> the the thing the thing that was a little unbelievable for me was that aaron didn't look around at all yeah that, that was a little unbelievable yeah. i was like come on you're going out here to he's not gonna go out there and sit around and and like relax like you're going out there to meet a guy who's sent you all this shit who's been terrifying you like no matter what the sentiment is behind it like you're gonna be on
0: edge yeah yeah um there's one quote that i wrote down just because i thought it was so ridiculous and it comes from our killer it's when they're out in the woods and he finally aaron is finally like hey do you know how to get back and um the guy's like no Joseph's just like no, and he's like, well, how are we gonna get back? And he he says to him, we can't find the miracle if we have ropes tied to it. I us. wrote
1: that down too. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Wait, it's, where is it? Yeah, I totally did. And then well, it's on my, it's on my and page then a couple yes.
0: and then a couple of moments later he goes, it's a heart. But it's also a miracle. <laughs> we,
1: we we can't find the miracle if we got a rope attached to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I and then look, I wrote the heart down too. Did you Arne really? H, right there, there it is. <laughs> absolutely, yeah.
0: I just thought those were kind of like brilliant little moments of.
1: Well, because there was a lot going on. I was writing down notes.
0: I was like, ding, 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 because there was there was a lot happening. Yeah. All right. What do you give? Our I'll, I'll go first this time. Sure. Um, I give creep. Um a 5.5 5. oh that's a lot i really like this movie um, it's got I, a good decent sequel too i'll give it a five okay that's where i am and um the one thing we forgot to mention is that this is supposed to be a trilogy so we're supposed to get one more movie the duplass mark duplass struck a deal with netflix for these three movies oh, i wonder what's gonna happen so we got a second one which sets up the a different kind of story so oh. i encourage you to watch that as well because you get a little of a different story i, I do want to watch that same yeah. premise but different Outcome, different story. Okay. So, and there's a girl in that apparently. Yeah, and there's a girl on that one. So that ( actress) one, I was like, "There's no way you would have watched Creep Two before Creep One, right?" (mumbles) Such a fucking idiot. Sometimes I swear to God. (laughs) All right, so we will take our final break and come back with hottie of the episode. Yeah. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you
1: stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. And now as we come to the close of another episode of your favorite podcast you've ever heard in your entire life, the best podcast you've ever listened to (laughs) Friday the 13th, horror podcast in our 36th episode in our second and a half year. That's not even a real thing um, that I just said, Um, we're going to do our closing and we always start our closing off with a little game and our game is called "Hari of the episode and we do this
0: just to pick out the people that we think are hot yeah it shows. That's literally it i think it also shows a little bit to our personalities i think so too yeah do you want to go first or would uh, you like me why too? don't you go first please my hottie of the episode maybe a little different of a of a hottie okay um i picked mark duplass oh wow i really like he, he, he does something for me i think that there's... i know why why because that peach fuzz man <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> yes why
0: um no there's just something like very like endearing about him as a person just, I get that. It makes me just really attracted yeah, to. Him. I would totally get that. Yeah. Um, for me,
1: who is it for me? Um, I do think that Aaron is actually kind of cute, yeah. which is really out of type for me. As you, I thought so too. Would know. Um, but no, you actually no no no. I'm gonna pick Aaron. Okay. I'm gonna pick Aaron. Aaron. Aaron is actually really endearing.
0: Are you Aaron with glasses or without? <sighs>
1: Um, I think I like him without okay, I think I thought he was cute when he when he stands up and he's in his underwear. Mm. That's I thought he was cute. <laughs> that makes sense. Lights, lights, lights. Underwear. I'm like, Okay, I don't mind it. <laughs> so that's it. That's hot of the episode. I Hope that was the content you've been looking for friends. That is the end of our 36th episode. We have some things we'd like to call
0: out. Legion podcast network, of course, they are our overlord um, and we We have new apparel. New apparel. New apparel hats,
1: bags, shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, tank
0: tops. Extra small. Extra large. To very large. (laughs) Whatever you need. Um, so this new apparel can be found at Teespring.com slash stores slash Friday thirteen. Now listen, folks, on this. We made a change
1: in our merchandise. Not that we're making a ton of money off of it. Trust me. But our old way that we were doing it, you had to pay a lot for shipping. It was it was honestly like an ungodly amount. Things were a little expensive. This one is actually really different. Yeah. So if you if you do want to support us and like get a, a shirt that people are definitely going to ask you about because they might not know what this is, and it's also really cool and it's also the best podcast you've ever heard, then this is a great way to do it because it's really not that expensive
0: uh regular t-shirt that just has the the 13th logo on it is 20 bucks
1: yeah exactly and, um, and shipping's like four bucks
0: four dollars for the first item two dollars every item yeah. after that so like pretty, pretty affordable. the shipping was
1: like 10 bucks yes yeah, like, even we didn't order it for god's sake
0: um and we should say that limited time only the fraternal order of Sukadeek Sukadeek has their own apparel line
1: if you want to get in on this on this ancient order we don't even we don't even give you the time of day unless you have at least the t-shirt. Right. So, you get that taken care of, then we'll talk about Sukuna deek.
0: Yes. Thank you to Senior Scary on Twitter who helped us design that logo. Thank you Senior Scary. Um, and finally our patrons, thank you patrons patreon.com/frygate13. Another great way that you can support the show. Yeah, you literally can give us a dollar a month. A dollar a month. <laughs> Andrew, how much is that a year? $52? No, it's no, $12. $12. <laughs>
1: I was thinking not weeks. a week. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do a dollar a week, you can. you can, um, but yeah, for just even a dollar a month, you will help us get new equipment. You will help us go to no, con- no, nope. nope. you will help us <laughs> do
0: better things. You'll help us do live. Sh- nope.
1: <laughs> literally, honestly, every single dollar that you give us through through Patreon goes right back to the show. We promise, and it, we really do promise, we do not drink it.
0: And it also does help with when we have to do like rentals and stuff. Yeah. That's that's what the money goes for. Hey,
1: so. It costs money to do a podcast. Yeah. Another thing that you should do is you should call our hotline, the Fry Gay Hotline at 872-208-3119. You can tell us literally anything you want. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us off? Fine. We've been told off before. You want to tell us how much you love us? That's great, too. You want to leave a sexy message? You want to leave a depressed message? That's okay. You can do that. We'll listen to you. 872-208-3119.
0: And depending on how many we get, we will likely play your message on episode 40. Episode 40? That's not that far away. No, so get your messages in now.
1: So listen, folks, one more time, too. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but just COVID, mass, everything else. Honestly... want to leave you with that thought wear a fucking mask and stay safe and stay safe and don't be an asshole to people survive this
0: and as always we want you to get get slayed. slayed